Greetings, everybody. This is a Travel Addict podcast where you can hear candid stories and discussions about business and adventure travel from around the world with activities such as trekking, diving, camping, driving, cruising, and just plain chilling out somewhere. We talk about lots of experiences in places all over the world, including the grand, the remote, the edgy, the risque, and ones of questionable merit. Education, fulfillment, and wonder enrich our lives. And of all the books in the world, the best stories are found between the pages of a passport. Stay tuned. Well, good day, everybody. Malcolm Teasdale here, the travel addict. Well, every year, it seems, I've taken a trip to the continent of Asia, but in 2023, Looks like I won't be getting over there. However, early in 2024, I will be there. So, in just preparation for that, I got a bit of time. I wanted to recall a place I went to. I've been there three times, actually. And it's a place which is extremely rich in culture. Thailand, it is. However, you know, when people go to Thailand, they think of Bangkok or Phuket or one of the islands. But they may not consider the northern part of the country. Plenty of places to go up there. Now, the place in question here is Chiang Mai, spelled C-H-I-A-N-G space M-A-I. Now, the reason for this is at the time I wanted to go somewhere on vacation that would free my mind from the pressures of business and everyday life and stay in a place that did not remind me of a hotel. Seems a lot to ask, doesn't it? Now, I probably would have stayed in a tent in the jungle, except my other half was going to be with me, and being a creature of comfort, I was in no position to sort of compromise, if you know what I mean. Well, after looking at it, doing some research, uh, we chose, well, what? What it was at the time was a Mandarin Oriental Hotel in Chiang Mai. It's now called the Dara Devi. You know, the Mandarin Oriental is a fabulous change, one of the best luxury chains in the world. But uh, it became independent after we went. But we went back there when it was the Dara Devi as well. Now, as Chiang Mai is the most significant city in northern Thailand, it's situated about 400 miles north of Bangkok. So it's far enough away to escape the hustle and bustle, congestion, and the madness of the capital. Yes, it's an insane capital. Love the city, by the way. Now, it sits on the Ping River amongst some of the highest mountains in the country, and its historical importance on an ancient trade route. Yes, very important at the time, and a major center for handcrafted goods and wood carving. And it became a fast fastly became a, uh, a tourist attraction over the years. There is, however, a mandate to preserve its heritage. So that's important, and it's good that they're, they're keeping to that philosophy because, you know, some places in the world have a habit of becoming overcrowded and spoiled. Now, after a brief layover in Bangkok and a 90-minute flight up north, we were in a taxi to the hotel. Now, the Dara Devi in Chiang Mai is spread over, incredibly so, 60 acres of natural landscape, including paddy fields and exotic plantations. Now, as we entered the premises, 
we thought we were in the wrong place. Maybe on a tour of one of the local grand temples. <laughs> Before I was even checked in, my wish to stay in a place that did not remind me of a hotel was granted. This looked perfect. But early time, we just got there, you know. Now, the hospitality of the Thai people is well documented, and the greeting we received was gracious and super efficient. Well, that's a five-star hotel. You would expect it. Now, we enjoyed a cold towel and a traditional cocktail while being educated about the resort, which was important because you could, in fact, get lost. <laughs> and then we were transported to our villa by a golf cart through picturesque and immaculately maintained landscapes. Now, the colonial architecture of the village is influenced from the history of the Lana region and the neighboring Myanmar country, China and Laos. Now, we had a two-story villa overlooking a large paddy field with all of the comforts of home. In fact, I was already thinking about an extended stay. <laughs> Downstairs was the living area, where upstairs was the bedroom, bathroom, and a wet bar. Now, each level had its own patio with sun lounges. A wooden walkway led out to a gazebo, which stood above the paddy field. It was all very secluded and surrounded by foliage. It was all sublimely peaceful, apart from the unique and pleasant sounds from the assumed local bird life, as none were in view at that time. Now, after taking an outdoor shower with a few friendly bugs, we decided to dress up a little for the evening ahead. Now, we were chauffeured in the golf cart to La Grande Lana Restaurant, part of the resort, for some authentic Thai food. It was not crowded, which was great, and we were strategically seated close to the stage, now, immediately after we ordered, the Thai musicians and dancers appeared. It was as though we had the restaurant to ourselves and the entertainment was just arranged for us. Everything about the evening was first class. It was about a 10-minute walk back to our villa. Uh, we didn't get lost, but we did see no other humans on our way back. All of a sudden, it seemed like we had the resort to ourselves. Obviously, we didn't. But anyway, after about a 10 hours of sleep, I woke up invigorated made myself a cup of tea and sat in the gazebo watching the rice farmers at work. They seemed quite content going about their business at their own pace in an environment of unmatched peacefulness. Now, I borrowed a bicycle and a map and became my own tour guide. The resort had not once deviated away from the architecture of the past and was not even recognizable as a hotel. Beautiful. I had found my garden of Eden and tranquility and inner peace that I have never felt before. After venturing down most of the roads in the resort complex, I was back at my villa, sweating somewhat from the inescapable humidity, which Thailand is like that, you know. It's not unusual to have four or five showers a day in Thailand, and I was already on my second. Now, there was a choice of activities in, in and around the area, and although we had decided to stay close to the resort, because it was a beautiful area, there was enough to keep us occupied if we decided to venture outside the realm of our total relaxation. Later in the afternoon, I decided to participate in a session of meditation, a daily activity open to guests in one of the temple-like buildings. There were only two of us plus the instructor. It was a perfect setting for such a peaceful gathering of the minds. I'd never done it before, so I struggled to maintain a comfortable cross-leg position for about five minutes at a time, you know, breaking it up periodically. Now, keeping still and relaxing is a key to successful meditation. 
And it wasn't until the instructor asked us to lie flat on our backs that I could really space out, therefore enabling a constant blood flow through my body rather than being folded into various positions like a human origami project, so to speak. Now, deep breathing, stretching, focusing mind on emptiness actually made me feel quite good. An hour passed by as I had mastered the art of training my body to do what I wanted it to do. Well, that's what I thought at the time. It was at the end of the session to be continued the next day if I wished. Now, when I returned to my villa, I made some tea to liven myself up a little fear in fear that if I laid down on the bed, I'd be fast asleep within a few minutes and for a long time. Now, before we left the villa for dinner that evening, we signed up for activities the next day. I was going to help the farmers in the paddy fields, and my other half Susan was going to take some cooking lessons from the head chef of the resort. Seems like I drew the short straw, but at that time, I was in the frame of mind that I would try anything that the resort could throw at me. Now, the golf cart limo promptly turned up at our villa within minutes of calling reception to say we were ready for dinner. We decided to have a pre-dinner cocktail at Horn Bar, which is adjacent to the restaurant, but it's an extraordinary lounge encapsulating the true essence of the mysteries of Asia beautiful. Every wall displayed masks depicting mythological characters from Myanmar, some of which were used in Thai dances. Subtle red and purple lighting emphasized the carved wood furnishings, creating an unusual atmosphere. We nearly filled up on snacks before we went for dinner, as the ambulance of the place did what it was supposed to do, keep us there for a while. We were sleeping so soundly that night, probably because we were stress-free as a result of us being absorbed into the culture of Chiang Mai. Promptly, though, at 8.30, my farming clothes arrived. The top resembled hospital scrubs with pants to match. Long rubber boots reached my kneecaps, and with a straw hat, I looked like one of the locals, although I didn't sound like one. Susan was preparing for her day in the kitchen, so she was excited about learning some Thai cooking techniques, which was good because um, we could take them back home with us and cook Thai food at home. We'd be good. Now, I was golf carted to the paddy fields where I was introduced to my fellow workers, including Boon Chop, who was a pink buffalo recently purchased by the resort from a nearby farmer. Now, I was told that the name Boona Chop was defined as happy or pleased to provide. Great. He was treated like one of the family, which is not surprising, as I understood that he cost about 10,000 US dollars. Now, I planted a complete row of partially grown rice in the mud underneath the surface by about six inches of water, making sure that the majority of the plant was above the surface and in a straight line, you know, so the sunlight could hit it. Now, apart from getting caked in mud, it was an educational couple of hours. There was a few snippets of information I learned on my first day of the job. Thailand grows more rice than any other country in the world. Did you know that? There are thousands of different varieties. There is even a special plant for sticky rice. There are many phases in its growth where it has to be replanted from one paddy field into another didn't know that then tried to protect the rice as best they can from the local bird population by randomly placing scarecrows around the paddy fields 
These resemble farmers in a mode of a tie greeting, referred to as the Y, where the palms are pressed together in a prayer-like fashion. Now, in general, it worked, although I believe there's one or two species of birds out there who figured out that they were, in fact, inanimate objects and felt free to feast. All in all, it at least uh, curtailed the big feast for the majority of the birds. Now, after I completed my row, it was time for some music, so... Three of us sat under a gazebo with some classic Thai instruments and jammed. And those instruments were a soryu, a siyong, and a seilor. Now, that is, in order that I pronounce them, is a Thai violin, a four-stringed instrument like a guitar, and a two-stringed bow. Now, the session wasn't recorded for any pay-per-view special. However, it was a lot of fun. After that, I said goodbye to Boon Chop and my colleagues, and returned to my villa for a lengthy shower. Susan returned to the villa after her cooking lessons. She's a good cook anyway, but the experience she gained from the head chef was excellent, apparently, and her excitement of learning new cooking techniques led me to think that we would be spending a few dollars on some new kitchen hardware and eating a lot of Thai food uh, when we returned home. The food she actually prepared was saved in the kitchen for us later, if we decided to finish what she started. We had no plans for dinner, as was pretty much the case for the entirety of our stay. Now, the restaurants were there if we needed them, in so much that we felt like they were closed, they would open up them for us if we asked. Now, we went to the Grand Lana again, but this time we ordered our own food. However, we did purchase a bottle of the local wine, and it was called Monsoon Valley. It was a cabernet. Now, we didn't want to feel like we were eating and being entertained for nothing. Susan had cooked fish cakes and some green curry, which was served to us at a normal meal, uh, we would, if we'd been ordered them, of course. But she made them. Now, some of the ingredients that she used to make the food, specifically certain herbs and spices, are virtually impossible to find back in our home country. So any repeat performance by Chef Susan back in our home was unlikely. Now, we walked back to the villa to burn off some of the calories we had just consumed. It was a beautiful warm evening and a clear night that was filled with an abundance of stars, which provided us a light to guide us back over the walkways through the paddy fields without falling off the walkways, of course. Now, it was our intention to make it a lazy final day at the resort. However, it didn't turn out that way. Feeling somewhat invigorated and ambitious in the morning, I registered for a Thai kickboxing lesson and a spa treatment afterwards. Seemed like a good combination in logical order, under the assumption that my aching muscles would be in need of some therapy. Now, after a hearty breakfast, we found a couple of well-padded lounge chairs, poorside, and were greeted with cold towels to help alleviate the heat and humidity. There we stayed for a couple of hours after taking regular dips in the magnificent pool, which was elevated over sprawling paddy fields. Now, one o'clock arrived, too soon actually, and I had my appointment in the sports centre. Greeted me were two professional Muay Thai boxers dressed ready for action. Now, Muay Thai boxing is the national sport of Thailand. It's referred to as a science of eight limbs because hands, shins, elbows, and knees are used in combat. They handed me a pair of shoes. However, uh, they were too small, and a pair of shorts, they were too small also. 
<laughs> so I had to wear something. I settled for a tight-fitting pair that they gave me, which was the least embarrassing for my svelte figure. Anyway, once I had the basic moves and my left-right kick perfected, I was encouraged to relentlessly attack. Apart from when I was in my teens and practiced judo for a number of years, this was the only other time I had participated in a martial art. Now, after an hour of uncoordinated boxing, I was pretty exhausted, so I I wished my teachers well and returned to my lounge chair by the pool to rest my aching limbs. Later that afternoon, I had an appointment at the Devi Spa, named after the Star Goddess, the guardian of longevity and spiritual enlightenment. I had my own treatment suite furnished with exquisite Thai furniture and freshly local grown flowers. It was like having my own private health club, basically. The massage was so relaxing that I fell to sleep for about 15 minutes. For me, it was the ultimate in pampering and relaxation. I cycled back to the villa in a trance. So Susan and I were completely chilled out that we felt we didn't have the energy to go anywhere else that evening. So we called the restaurant and asked them if we could have dinner brought to us and have it set up inside the gazebo. Of course, they were happy to oblige. Now, as the sun went down, the catering staff arrived. They placed candles around the perimeter of the gazebo and on the table. It was a perfect setup, as though we were dining in some exclusive restaurant. There was no light emanating from the paddy fields, so apart from our candlelit gazebo, we were in complete darkness. As I moved some items around on the table, I accidentally set alight a napkin by placing it on top of one of the candles. Oops, fortunately a major disaster was averted by dousing the flames with some water on the table. Now, we slowly paced ourselves on some spicy curries and a couple of bottles of Monsoon Valley. Now, as the evening progressed, the wildlife night shift presented a new set of sound effects, some of which were quite profound. I asked Susan to listen to the sound of one bird that was quite pronounced. It must have been close by, maybe on one of the trees adjacent to the gazebo. Now, some birds have the capability of mimicking humans and some have a small vocabulary of words. If this one was the former, I cannot be held responsible for its language. Maybe the monsoon valley distorted my hearing a little. However, we both heard the same words. The words it said over and over again was, fuck me, fuck me. Mm, you know, the word that begins with F, four letters after it. <laughs> they were quite clear and regularly repeated over the next hour. We couldn't see the bird to identify it, and although we are inquisitive people, we had no intention of asking any of the staff what type of bird said such naughty words. We laughed for a long time. We were completely full, so we just blew out the candles, covered the remains of the food with the tablecloth, and decided to polish off the second bottle of wine while relaxing on lounge chairs on the patio. And that bird I mentioned... The F-me bird was still in fine voice for the rest of the evening. Now, it wasn't long before Susan alerted me to the lights in the sky, and there were about five or six bright yellowish lights hovering in the sky. They were moving slowly, and over the space of 20 minutes, they gradually became more distant until disappearing. I had never seen anything like it before, and had no explanation for it other than they must have been UFOs. At this time, I was questioning whether the mon monsoon valley wine had anything to do with us hallucinating maybe explain why the bird in the tree spoke like it did it was obviously time to get some rest and, and analyze everything in the morning now i was on the computer shortly after waking up 
I typed in UFO in Chiang Mai, and up popped the answer. What we saw were sky lanterns, which are made up of oiled rice paper and bamboo and contain a small candle that heats the air inside and causes it to rise. They're typically used for celebrations, as it just so happened that there was a wedding in the resort grounds the previous night. Well, at last... At least, I should say, 50% of last night's mysteries was solved. As hard as it was to leave, it was time to check out and head back to Bangkok. At the airport, it really hit me. I woke up. The last few days seemed like a dream. I had never felt so immersed into a culture and actually had forgotten about the world outside. Yeah, the Dara Devi and all of its architectural beauty portrays the ultimate complement to Thailand by providing guests with something that is so unhotel-like, a place that exudes tranquility and transforms the minds into a state of total, total relaxation and euphoria. And today, I've stayed in a lot of hotels all over the world, hundreds, could be thousands, I don't know. The Dara Devi is my favorite hotel of all time. Collectively, I've been there two or maybe three times. I did go back to Chiang Mai a few years later and stayed in the city center. Chiang Mai still enjoyed it, a great city, and then you can go on nature trails, you can go to uh, uh, tiger and elephant rehabilitation centers, they do a fantastic job there. Yeah, we got up close and personal with tigers and elephants, fabulous experience, a great place to go. So if you want to go to a place and be part of nature, in the wilderness, so to speak, and meet wonderful people, and actually you know, mix with them, work with them. This is a place to go to Chiang Mai. Think about the Dara Devi Hotel. Got it? I got to go back there one day. Anyway, I'm looking forward to getting to Asia in 2024. Speak to you soon, folks. Take care. Bye. Many thanks for joining me today. This is Malcolm Teasdale signing off. Before I do... Please check out my website, MalcolmJTeasdale.com, for more information about my travels around the world. Okay, folks, talk to you later. Bye for now. Stay safe.